Hello everyone, I am here in the beautiful mountains and with me is the one and only Lord Val, partnered mixer streamer, legend, approved by me <laughs> <laughs> and my beautiful co-host Bum Bum and we are doing the <laughs> cast today, number four. Hello guys. Hi. Hey. Okay, so we have quite a lot to cover today. So I'd say we jump right in. And first, uh, we want to start with Gears Tactics, which came out this Tuesday. Um, it's getting pretty good reviews, and I played quite a little bit of it. And I got a lot of say to say about it. But first, would you guys start? Any thoughts? Yeah, let's go with uh, Bam Bam, if he wants to start. Yeah, I might have probably played the least of it so far. I think I'm like two hours in. Um, from what I've played, Honestly, I think it's a little too basic. There doesn't seem to be enough, so far, uh, unique stuff for, to the game. I kind of like the characters so far from what I've seen, but when it comes down to gameplay, I'm just playing like a really, really basic XCOM clone. That's so far my impression from the first two hours. Okay. For myself, I haven't, <laughs> I haven't personally uh, played it, but I have watched you, that uh, guy in Cops, and November Falls, like play quite a lot because you guys have been playing it lately. So not being played, uh, the first impression that I get from the game just by watching it is actually really good. Uh, the game looks good. It's based on the Gears, uh, you know, world, which is already quite extensive. And also, you know, when looking at, for example, Ajin, I remember Ajin gave it a high score. Uh, PC gaming is giving it like an 80 something percent and then you got Steam and Metacritic you know it's giving it high scores which makes me you know really really you know like the game I mean the, the game looks absolutely beautiful um, uh, I'm not a big fan of uh, Gears myself playing it but I like watching it because I really like the story I actually played the last Gears because you know that it was obviously you know free on, on the what was it the, uh, the Game Pass, Xbox, yeah, it's Xbox. free on Game Pass, yeah. Uh, you know, the game was wonderful, like absolutely beautiful. Um, and not being a big fan of this series, and I love the game. Watching uh, Gears Tactics, I'm like, you know, it reminds me to the older schools. You guys remember the older schools uh, type of games, you know, the tactic games that we used to play before? You guys remember those? Yeah, yeah, yeah it definitely like harkens back to uh, XCOM, especially exactly. the newer ones, the Enemy Unknown. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. That's exactly. That's exactly what I was talking about. Like it just brings back those memories, where yeah. before we may not have the I don't know the quality, you know the the graphics, and it didn't look that pretty and all of that. I mean, but you do remember in, in your in your head, in your memory, you remember it like the highest graphics ever, and it looked beautiful. And then you go back now and you're like, wow, <laughs> this looks yeah. terrible. This look, this looks absolutely terrible. But like now, it's like, man, it looks really good. Let me tell you. Um, and you know, it brings me back those memories to those type of games. Uh, I'm actually going to give it a try because for what I've seen so far from you know, all go from you know, Guy and Cops or November Falls, you know, they're loving it. And myself, I you know, I don't usually play PC gaming. I would love to have this game on console though. Okay, that's actually a really good assessment. Um... <laughs> quite a recommendation for the game so yeah i mean like once i play more i'm planning to play more 
but so far, like as I said, it just feels uh, too basic. Though what I was surprised, it has a lot of color for a Gears game. <laughs> yes, it does. So here's where I stand. I probably played the most out of it and watched it a lot on November's channel because I'm his moderator and I'm always there for you, baby. <laughs> I know you're <laughs> listening, November. The game, yes, I agree. It's basic. I think they kept it basic because they didn't really know how successful it would be. That's my kind of thoughts on that. In a way, I think it was a smart choice to forego the base building for now. They also did it kind of interestingly by saying, okay, we just have the APC as a base. Because if you compare it to XCOM 2, you got the base building, you got everything there, you know, like really deep mechanics, really deep gameplay, layers of gameplay over layers of gameplay. I would argue that when XCOM 2 was released, it was basic as well. It only got really amazingly good with when more of the Chosen was added because that substantially um, added a lot to the game. So that's at least where I stand. Um, in terms of Gears Tactics, it's rather basic, but what I like about this is um, that the AI is a very, very aggressive. So if you play on the second highest difficulty or even on insane, they punish you. So you do a mistake and you get instantly punished for it. Sometimes it feels like a little bit the AI is cheating because they find those nifty little angles you don't. And is then... Yes? Me, is it like, like a difficulty level or something on the game? There are four difficulties plus an Iron Man mode. Okay. Iron Man yeah. mode? So that's like the ultimate difficult mode, isn't it? Iron oh, Man? Yeah. Essentially, it's a... It's a mode where you can't save scum this uh, game auto saves after every turn oh, and wow. after every decision you make. So you can't go back and redo stuff. Exactly. What you do is what you're stuck with. It's final. Okay. It's final. Iron Man mode, I would recommend for a second playthrough, not mm -hmm. right out of the gate because you don't know what you're essentially doing. Yeah. Um, so you have like four difficulties. And you have the Iron Man mode. And on the second hardest and the hardest difficulty, they are, the AI ramps up a lot. And they punish you quite a bit for mistakes. So that's what I like um, because um, it makes you think. It makes you also think outside of the box how you can approach certain situations, how you can get out of certain situations. Because the AI is giving you a run for, it, for, for your money. Um, the other thing I like is that, um, yeah, that actually I enjoyed being basic. Um, I enjoy the character leveling system, though, because you can, <clears throat> despite you having the same class, you can still make it diverse by, <clears throat> for example, if you take the Vanguard class, you start out with a Vanguard, he's called Sid, he's one of the heroes. Um, he has two skill trees. So one is more focused 
on the bayonet of his retrolancer, and the other one is more um, focused on defensive positioning, um, which is pretty great. So you can basically have two vanguards, and they have two completely different meanings during the game. So there's there's quite some diversity in it. I think uh, from what I've played, I think there's like four options each character can spec into. Exactly. Um, and like I said, so I think there is where the layers come in. I mean, you say it's basic, I still agree, but I think there's still meat to it. You just need to keep playing a little bit. Also, the enemy are quite diverse. So there is a lot there is um, a lot of enemies or not enemies but like uh, enemies. There there's a lot of diverse enemies, yes, exactly. They use different tactics, like the grenadier who has like health points storms at you, he gets a free attack as soon as he arrives, so you might wanna avoid that. So he just needs to move into your vicinity. So you concentrate the fire on him before he arrives. Hammer burst drones are just ground troops. You know how they work. They shoot at you. They go a lot into the overwatch mode. There's other enemies like the wretches who are fast, um, don't have a lot of health, and just try to hit you to get you out of cover. And so your troops are getting hit easier. And that's, I think that's, the, the enemy diversity is pretty great. They also have the um, the walking bombs from the Gears franchise. So basically everything you encounter in the Gears franchise is there and waits for you. You even fight a- Combine yeah. in Gears tactics. Everything you've seen in Gears so War so far. I exactly. You even fight a Brumac. You fight a spider, you fight everything in this game, and it's a lot of fun. So you also got boss fights, basically, which is the Brumac, is the first boss you fight in the game. You gotta do a lot of repositioning during that fight, and just to, just to get him down, uh, or just to kill him. So the game is quite... Let's say it's not difficult, but it, it wants you to think. It's probably the best way I can put it. Um, the other way is what I, what, what something which surprised me quite a lot. The story. I like that. I mean, they don't can mess a lot around with it because they working from established background because the game is set 12 years before the first game. Mm -hmm. So, that's a good thing. They can't fuck up a, a lot when it comes to the story. Um, the other thing I really like is, it seems like it was made by someone who cared about the game, which is not that often these days. Mm -hmm. That's good to hear. I mean, in my opinion, everything, like, I'm not being biased from, you know, Microsoft or anything like that. But yeah. I think Phil Spencer has changed the mentality of Microsoft and Xbox in general related on gaming. You know, the, the console went the TV way and an all-in-one way. And Phil Spencer, Phil Spencer has completely changed, shifted the, 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 the team onto let's make good games. You know, let's acquire, you know, you know, indie developers, let's acquire, you know, a small teams 
and let's make them, you know, let, let's support them and let's make them make, create big, deep games. Gears 5 is a clear example, in my opinion, of how to make a great game and how Microsoft is supporting, you know, those developers and those teams. Gears Tactic is, it's, it's another clear example, in my opinion. The, the game might get, you know, all I can see, like, you know, checking all the, the, I've been checking all the reviews on the game. There is no a single site that gives it less than a seven. A seven is the lowest number I've seen on, on the reviews on this game. Anything over seven is like, it's on the eight, high eights, nines. So, I mean, that tells you of how much work, you know, uh, Microsoft is investing on, on to, you know, making these great games, to be honest. Yeah, I I don't think um, or what I what I wanted to say with um, it's made with love. Sometimes I have the feeling that despite high review scores, nobody gave a toss about the game they were making. Like little details, little life features, or quality of life features. Exactly that was the word I was searching for. That just make the game better or just little notches towards the franchise it's in you know um just little details you know that the developers made their homework you know i i've i've encountered some uh nice notches towards the gear series in gears tactics someone something a fan would really like to see while playing tactics and um this this is what I mean, like, not only notches, but you 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 feel that the developers made the game because they cared about it. It wasn't just commissioned to them. They cared about it. And surprisingly, it was made by Splash Damage. I don't know if people remember that studio. Splash Damage and the Coalition, together. Together, yes. But I think Splash, Splash Damage was the one in charge. Coalition just helped with the finishing touches, as far as I know. That, uh, you know, that games, uh, you know, I go back onto the same subject I just spoke about. It's like, it's Microsoft. I think it's just the fact that Microsoft is uh, taking care of these teams. And they're like, yo, I'm giving you this, okay? I'm giving you this project. You got this time, you got this amount of money, just make the best out of it. And Developers are starting to create really good games. I mean, we're starting to see, you know, with Gears, you know, what the type of games we're starting to get from. You know, these small teams that, you know, no one would think about before, you know what I mean? Until yeah. Microsoft came in and said, we believe in you, we're going to give you this, make the best out of it. And then you can, I mean, we've seen the results. I mean, those, like, Gears tactic to me, it might be a bit... Um, bland at the start or something, and then it gets more difficult gradually. But man, that's an, like I've never heard of those developers before, and you know, I'm actually happy to see they have created such a you know great game. You know, um, Splash Damage just uh, did Quake Wars. Uh, Quake Wars was it Quake mm -hmm. Wars? Bum Bum, help me here. Oh, he they did. Uh, yeah, uh, Quake uh, Wars and, bring... and Wolfenstein Anime Territory. Exactly, exactly. Um, they did enemy territory for Wolfenstein, which was a mod, and then later it was released as Quake Wars. And then they did Brink. Yeah, that was a sad story. Yes. Brink. 
I mean, the idea was there, but like yeah, the execution I mean, it does was... support from the publisher rather than yeah. the game itself. Yeah, I think that it's it's a massive it's a massive thing. I mean, we also we all see we all know you know the infamous uh, Activision predatory system. Yeah. Um, I think just uh, Microsoft is taking the approach of like you know the mentality as I said before you know of Phil Spencer you know that mentality of this is for gamers you know. People care about they... this. People are starting, you know, gaming is more, makes more money nowadays than, you know, nowadays than actual movies, you know what I mean? So it's a big, big business. So they are investing onto, you know, uh, onto teams and they're investing onto new IPs and new games and, you know, changing the, the gaming, you know, being a bit of a, you know, it's nice to see, you know, small developers making big games. Yes. Yeah, I think also Microsoft Group Visor towards yeah. how the scene works actually and what people want exactly mm -hmm. because if we just go back for one second when the xbox the last one the x was revealed mm -hmm. xbox one we all remember what that was it was a oh, goddamn yeah. train wreck that was and, <laughs> and it's good to see microsoft stepping their game up this is actually a general lesson we can take away from the Gears Tactics or its release because first they actually released it first on the platform it makes the most sense on so on PC it's not out on Xbox yet they want to release it on Xbox which is great I, I want to see it on Xbox for everyone to play and they think outside of the box they think what we can what can we do with our franchises else where can we take it and don't annihilate our fans that's actually something i really commend because a strategy game in the gears universe makes an awful lot of sense it's not just a spin-off where you scratch your head and think what were they thinking god damn it yeah yeah exactly so, so this is basically gears tactics yeah and that's subject i mean don't get me wrong also not just microsoft but i think uh, sony is also making the same steps i believe sony on the last e3 they announced they're working on with the small developers as well they're starting to acquire small teams to create games so if this is the way we're gonna go from now on for gaming i am really excited let me tell you because if these teams you know get even the actual you know uh, money and resources to create these type of games we are in for a treat in the future to be honest absolutely and i want to see indie teams or teams that grew outside of the convention rise to the occasion that's something i want to see because they deserve it more than anyone else mm -hmm. yeah yeah just um i was just gonna say say Indie developers that have been really successful should get the recognition, uh, even from major publishers. I would say give you know, give a try on a big project to developers such as those behind Hollow Knight or Darkwood. You know, and let them go wild because I think that'd be awesome. Yeah, just imagine giving the Darkwood guys Silent Hill. <laughs> oh yeah, please do it. Polish Silent Hill. I will play it. 
by the way what is the price on gears tactics is it a full price full game price or yeah it's full price it's, it's full 50 quid so I I'm not sure if I would rec recommend it at full price, but since it's on Game Pass, if you have a mm -hmm. PC and have the Game Pass, just install it and play it. You won't regret it. That's okay. something I say. Yeah. Okay, bam bam. That leads us right into Troubleshooter. Shooter. Exactly. You have yeah. been playing two tactical strategy games back to back, so you can basically tell us all about Troubleshooter and how Gears compares to it. So Troubleshooter is a, from a small Korean studio. It's a same as Gears, it's a tactics a strategy game with RPG elements. More so the RPG elements are prevalent and prevalent more in Troubleshooter where each character also uh, you manage more in-depth equip and skills and uh, the... there's I think the opposite problem with Troubleshooter as to what Gears is, Troubleshooter has a lot of underlying systems laid upon another system. I think I sent you a screenshot of just the mastery yes. a menu, which is just a giant lump of text with all the skills you can have character learn. And it wouldn't be such a problem if there was a better translation. The biggest issue with the game, especially for someone who's not like a speaker of Korean, is the bad English translation, where sometimes the translation is either really clunky or doesn't make sense. So you get the wrong idea about the systems or even the story and the characters. But uh, gameplay-wise, it's it's an XCOM game with fantasy elements. So you get you have your classes at the start you have just your main guy who is a, a swordsman with some magical skills and as you go along you unlock new characters which you enroll into a troubleshooter agency so there is a bit of a, a business management as well in there another system so the way it starts is your character loses his parents during some event in this almost like a city-state cyberpunk cyberpunk city-state valhalla okay. yeah that's gonna be topical <laughs> and and he becomes a troubleshooter who is essentially a state-sanctioned uh, vigilante who fights crimes and has the jurisdiction to arrest uh, criminals because the police is just too overwhelmed so you start as an apprentice in the intro and then the main game starts when you go to the city and you establish yourself as a troubleshooter and you recruit new characters as apprentices so uh, and the characters each character is a different class but the thing is as you go along you can recruit different characters based on your actions and on your attitude towards the characters so upon all of that there is also like a social sim from persona where you try to further your standing with a character and recruit mm -hmm. them Okay, so we have a really dense game, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah it's um, yeah, there's a lot to chew on in the game. Um, I've played, I'm like six hours in it, and I don't think I scratched the surface of what's there in the game. There's so much. There's even crafting as crafting. well. Oh, wow. uh, there's, there's definitely a lot. I would say get it because it's it's a budget price game. It's like 
15 quid. So if you, if you if you feel like you have, I don't know, like 100 hours to sink into a game and you like <laughs> tactics RPGs. I mean, if, yeah, exactly. If you're into a tactics RPG and you have, you know, it's not, it's a low, you know, price game. It's only $25, $24.99 yeah. in, in Steam. So that's fairly cheap game. And the rating yeah, on get... Steam is actually nine out of ten, <laughs> which is, is which is very high for a Steam game. You know what I mean? Yeah, as I said, like the only thing I would say is that this translation needs a lot of polish because mm -hmm. there is it. Sometimes it straight up doesn't make sense what the characters in English say. Yeah, I would, it, I would... the, the translation basically, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they they need someone actually come in and do proper editorial on their uh, English text. Uh -huh. That's the only thing, because I think the game wouldn't feel as complicated as well if you had proper understandable explanations of all the systems you get. Mm -hmm. this like this, me. I get essentially lost mid-sentence to what the speaker wanted to say. Other than that, if you speak Korean, it's a it's a great game. Play it. <laughs> the, art, the, the art style is beautiful as well. It's, it's a real a pretty looking game for it what it is good, yeah. yeah the art style looks like a um, um, mixture of manhua a... and anime so I'm yeah it's definitely manhua looking game and yeah so i haven't played troubleshooter but i'm very interested in playing it after hearing from you i'm even more interested in playing it so you will probably see that soon on my stream yeah um also if you've played or if you ever watched anime durarara it's very much like that okay now i get a very very good idea mm -hmm. i mean i haven't played that so i never even heard of it until you know oh, we spoke about it um I, was Durarara, like, oh, troubleshooter. I mean troubleshooter you we all know what troubleshooter it is <laughs> on pc so I was like, oh, there is, it's actually a, a game that's called like that. So it's a troubleshoot. Um, actually, to be honest, for what I've seen so far on the game, like I've not played it, but uh, it's literally XCOM meets Korean anime. Yeah. Yeah, style. And uh, it just looks wonderful, to be honest. It's got the anime style, you know, and then it's the XCOM type of game. So, um, I mean, if you say it's, it's deep into like the mechanics and crafting and all of that, wow, I, I can see how it's made by an indie developer as well. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a, small it's a small Korean studio. Wow, wow, it's, it's, it's made by Dandelion. Yeah, I um, think uh, for me it was, I, I don't think I've ever played a game from a small Korean studio because they're like, uh -huh. because Korea is well known for their MMORPGs. Yes. So it was really surprising to see a small game coming from that country as well. Yeah. Korea is like obsessed with MMOs and real-time strategy games. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. It's kind of like the, the, their background, the, the competitive games and everything. Yeah, the developer is Tom Lion, and I literally never heard of him. Yeah, it's, also it's their the only game. First it was game. for a while in the early access as well. Mm -hmm. For the it, looks, time. it looks absolutely wonderful so if yeah if you guys are looking for a type of game like that you know like a anime XCOM type of game yeah you guys should check it out because it's actually not even 
expensive at all. It's just, you know, $25, which is next to nothing compared, you know, it's half price of the actual games that we get nowadays. And has probably the same time sync to offer if you're looking for that, so... Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Especially because, as I said, there is, like, a visual novel uh, aspect to it as well and social sim, so you might not get the same playthrough twice. So there is a, a yeah. decent amount of replay value in it as well. So you can basically recruit different people for different playthroughs. Yeah, different waifus. <laughs> different waifus. Let's get the harem going. Okay. <laughs> so. If it's again to sinking over 100 hours, on, I mean, it's well worth its price. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Question is always, do you finish it also? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's yeah, the thing. Gameplay. But I'm planning to, because I really like the the systems in it mm-hmm. once you get into it so yeah i think there's a there's a lot of meat to chew on that i definitely want to play more uh what's the do you know bam bang if there is any uh end game to the, to the game or is it like an extra difficulty or something there's a there's decent amount of difficulties which you can mm-hmm. uh even set up like a custom one so you if you want to make it oh, wow yeah you can def- fiddle with some sliders and options for the difficulty so you can make it your own so like i did uh essentially because i felt like the enemies have too little health so i just bumped it up yeah oh you can oh wow okay you can fully customize the enemies you fight against and everything wow yeah yeah like the parts of the difficulty oh okay that sounds great okay so who is this for bum bum just a little summary um i definitely recommend this to anyone who's looking for a more complex tactical game, uh, it's not a game I would definitely recommend to beginners because there is, I think, if you feel like Gears is, you know, if you've played Gears or say the basic version of XCOM or XCOM 2, and you felt like that was, you know, the sweet spot just enough, I think there might be too much in Troubleshooter to, you know, watch out for too many systems or bars to take care of for anyone who's not really into either like a really deep strategy RPGs such as I don't know Disgaea or like XCOM World Chosen it's because I don't think it's very beginner friendly definitely okay. for someone who's like aficionado of the genre okay so for me <laughs> yeah pretty much yeah alright so that's Let's just go into the next topic. Will this game release on the next-gen consoles? We don't know, but we surely will talk about the next-gen consoles. About the Xbox Series X and the PS5. Let's get into the meat and potatoes of the new generation. (laughs) Yeah, They, They are approaching fast, actually. We are already in May, and they are supposed to release in... By the end of this year. Yeah, I got a question first for both of you. Sure. Do you guys think it's going to be released as it's supposed to, due to the whole, you know, uh, COVID-19 and everything? We might see a delay. I'm not sure. Sh- surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. I'm not entirely sure exactly. They could still be on track. I don't know how their planning is, but they could be well on track they could delay it for another month or two 
I think they don't want to miss the Christmas season, however. Hmm. I'm pretty sure about that. I'm be released on is it September or October. Um, no, it says holiday 2020, so that's, that's okay, uh, November and December. Yeah. Okay. Um, my own opinion, I think the consoles are going to be released right in the time they're meant to be released, but there's going to be a limited amount. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're yeah. going to say, we're going to ship. Uh, I don't know, whatever million, instead of 20 million, we're going to be shipping 10 million, you know, like a percentage of the actual numbers that we're planning to, to be uh, shipping out to different countries. And Yeah, I think because I think it was Sony that already said before even this whole thing started that the PS5 numbers at launch are going to be severely limited. Oof, that's going to get, oh. Yeah. So I would assume it's going to be still that, and probably I was Even thinking because yeah, Microsoft didn't say anything, so I would assume that their launch is going to be less limited as uh, you know, as opposed to the Sony's one. Yes, I mean to be honest, if Microsoft haven't like Microsoft actually haven't said anything, there is a, an actual uh, it's uh, a, the reveal of the Xbox, isn't it? The actual official reveal of the Xbox is next week. Well, next week, uh, by the time we probably post this on on, on yeah. YouTube or on the podcast, it's going to be the same week. Or I think it's the is it the fifth or the seventh? The seventh? I, I think they said May first, even so. No, no, no. It was May seventh, I believe. May seventh is the I think it's the actual official reveal from like Microsoft saying this is going to be the price, it's going to be the launch. It's uh, um a june a june ps5 reveal exactly okay and xbox yeah xbox I is also xbox next, next week next yeah. week yes oh uh, yeah may yeah. 7th may, may 7th. 7th so yeah. what i was saying is like uh, xbox i think i believe it's like uh, what we were just talking about i think it's just phil spencer has made the moves ahead of the game and for some reason they already they they, uh, they have a step you know in front of PlayStation already. They are one step ahead. You know, they, they reveal, they know the specs, they already put a lot of work on it, and they already probably started working on, you know, creating the console to be shipped yeah. in, in the near time. You know what I mean? I think they, they want to step ahead. If PlayStation already, like Batman just said, you know, if, if PlayStation already said they're going to have limited numbers, in my eyes, that means they are behind or yeah. Microsoft is, hi is hiding that they're behind, you know what I mean? Yeah. If, yeah. You know, it could be a good strategy from Microsoft, not saying, yo, uh, we're going to have a limited numbers. They're probably going to go and say in October, just a month before release, they're going to say, oh, you know what? We're going to have limited numbers. Boom. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But you all purchased already the, the console. So, I mean, it's either good strategy from, from Microsoft, well, good strategy. I mean, obviously hiding the, you know, they all want to make money. Obviously it's, it's a corporation. Mm -hmm. So it's either that or in my eyes is PlayStation is falling behind a tiny bit with the yeah, console. Yeah, I think from what they, from the way things are now, it feels like, um, that the role switched from the Xbox One and PS5 releases, where mm -hmm. it, that was the other way around, where Microsoft revealed Xbox One first, and then Sony just, you know, trampled all over them. 
Mm-hmm. So I think it feels like that, that uh, essentially Microsoft is just waiting for a moment where they yes. have all the information on PS5 so they can go out and be like, we're on the top of it. Yeah. Exactly. I think Microsoft wants some payback for that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, we got destroyed. Real hard. I'm around. Yeah. We got destroyed. But um, what I fear and what we can't forget and never should forget. The Xbox 360 was rushed to the market, if you all remember that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I had far forward. And, yes. uh, <laughs> and I know why. Yeah, I, was, I was proud of Exactly. People. I hope... Ring of Death. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The Red Ring of Death. I hope Microsoft does not go into that kind of territory again. So, Microsoft, if you're listening, I doubt you do, but don't rush it. Yeah. Yeah, Phil, I think, I think they'll learn their lesson. Yeah. I think it... Take your time, Phil. <laughs> yeah, take your time. Exactly. Yeah. No, but, but I... Again, if, yeah. if you all remember, PS2s were really faulty at the start as well. <laughs> they always... I think we end up being the guinea pig for new consoles. Oh, yeah. Whether the we early like adopters, always. They might test the console in their studios, blah, 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 with ventilation, no ventilation, blah, blah. I mean, at the end of the day, when they release a new console, that we are the guinea pig. We're testing the console. Because they yeah. don't say, we're going to be launching a million consoles beforehand as a test, you know, like a beta console, you know what I mean? Like on games, uh, you know, developers do that nowadays, yeah? The alpha, beta, yeah. you know, a yeah, million different the versions. Kids, yeah. They don't do that. They literally go pack it and say, yeah. I'm selling you this console full price, just so you know, and you're going to test it. If there is an issue with the console, you will find out. There's a red ring of that. We're going to be the ones who are going to find out. I mean, they can test it in, in, in their studios and everything, but, um, you know, we really are the ones beta testing the consoles. Yeah. Like, we all know how the consoles evolve after that, isn't it? Yeah. Um, like, whenever I make a recommendation to anyone who's not like super serious about games mm-hmm. when they ask me about what to whether to get a new console or not i always tell them to wait for the slim version yeah for the second the, revision yeah. version like the, like the second generation of the same console yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i get you yeah. yeah definitely uh easily you know we we test in the console and then the second generation comes right after the year after or two years later it's like yeah. there you go. That's the console. This is the actual. This is the actual. You have been from the start. This is the actual <laughs> release we wanted to make. <laughs> yeah, because this is how even we wanted when... it to work. Now it works. Because there you go. It's really weird. Even like with PS4s, the I have the slim one, and I didn't expect like it to be any hardware differences. But there's actually hardware differences. The slim one has more memory. It's actually faster than the release model as yeah. well. Yeah. yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm not surprised. And, it, and cheap, it was cheaper than the actual uh, first yeah. one releasing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Also, you know, I've, I've, I've owned right now. I own the One X, which I'm going to go through my third one already. I'm returning this one because it keeps being it's faulty. Uh, it keeps shooting down just after some time for no reason at all. And I'm going to get a new one. But I've Next owned in the past PlayStation and, and Xbox, the 360, PlayStation 2. Mm-hmm. I've uh, never had an issue with PlayStation, to be honest. I think the console is almost flawless. Every yeah, generation. Think, it might be better, it, it might be worse, but it's like, you know, like uh, reliability, I would say is better than Xbox. I think it's because of the way, because Sony doesn't, to their fault, 
they don't try to skimp as much on the components. That's mm -hmm. where they're usually like when you look at PlayStation consoles, they tend to be the ones that are more expensive than the competition. Yeah. Because I know people used to say that the launch versions of PS3s were faulty. I'm still running on my first generation PS3, which is which was imported imported from Japan as a showroom model. So mm -hmm. even by the time I got it, it, it had a good six months of just demos going on it, and it still works perfectly fine. So I think it's also how you take care of the console. Yeah. Yeah, that's another great part. I think that's an underestimated part of just having a console so that you dust it off once in a while yeah. and maybe it's the go same in as if with you would a... take care of PC. Yeah, with a I with mean, a I open up my spray. PC every every now and then just to dust it off. I do exactly. the same with my consoles. It's what you should do. So here yeah. you go. The Walkcast even provides you with cleaning tips. <laughs> 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 we do it all. We do it here live. Yeah. So, what what interests me is um, I'm more of a specs guy. So, I'm looking here at a chart um, comparing um, the PS5 and the Xbox Series X directly. So, I'm looking at the chart right here, and yeah. it says price comparison, both in the range of five is, to seven hundred it's, it's not being said at all like no 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 it's it's not said and if i i think those are just estimates and i think they are on a very high end level so if they really want to charge 500 to 700 dollars like they say here are 400 to 500 quid um, i think they should rethink their strategy i don't know if the console manufacturers actually would want to charge that because you can't get a low end low end gaming pc for that um no orco yeah you know companies don't make barely absolutely no money out of the consoles i know that they make the they make it by licensing and literally nothing yeah yeah it depends like how because there are some consoles that made money right on launch but most of the newer consoles especially just because also they have to produce such a limited number of them they tend to even lose money on these consoles yes i've worked in the business of you know selling the consoles and i know the price uh you know the profit of uh, you know the businesses and the actual um, you know, corporations selling them, <laughs> and the percentage is the lowest I've seen in my life for something that is that expensive. You know, what I mean, you would consider you know something yeah. that cost you seven hundred pounds or, or five hundred pounds or five hundred quid uh, or dollars to be you know at least a profit of like twenty thirty percent. You know, you, you you take a big chunk out of it. That is not true. Yeah. I'm telling you, less than a ten percent profit, less than ten percent. I know that. One of the parts, and it's like really, really low. Uh, you know, to be honest, I think the price, the price, the price range between five and seven hundred is going to be like it's not going to go under that. It's not going to go over that. But it's gonna be between five and seven hundred. Sounds right. sounds. It it's still. I I know that they make no money off of it, but it still sounds very steep. Yeah, it's, I think it's way too steep. Even what, what was PS4 
4 on its reels. Yeah. Was it at 5.99 or was it yeah. 4.99? It was 4.99. 4.99, yeah. 4.99, yeah. yeah. 5.99 was PS3, yeah. Yes, oh, exactly. Okay. And we yeah, all so know how that went. <laughs> so yeah, like if if I can get, say, I don't know, like either one of them for like, say because I'm living in Scotland, so I say 4.50, that's not too bad. Or a 4.99, I'm not paying like 600 quid or like over 600 quid for a console. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying because looking at the specs of the console, if you purchase a, a PC with a similar specs, you're looking at spending about 900 pounds on it. And yeah, but the thing that, is, I can play any I'm, game on it. Yeah, but that's what I'm thinking, you know, because I'm just looking at the, at the best specs on the actual console, I'm just like, wow, if, like if I build a PC now, on this, it, it's gonna cost me like around, you know, I would say around seven, eight, nine hundred pounds or, or dollars more or less. And man, if they can, if they can price it at under five hundred, I will be like, wow, everyone's going to purchase it. Everyone's going to buy it if they're going to, you know, if they can keep the pricing under five hundred. Yeah, yeah, I think that's if it's under five hundred quid, I think that's fine. Mm -hmm. If it's if it goes way way, if it goes over five fifty. Or around like 550. I think it's, it's a, a bit too like that's a that's a that's a line where I'm like, eh, might as well wait. Yes. So for me personally, it's the same. So if I if I look at the specs, there, I I don't say they are bad. They are good. We have eight core processors and we have all the good stuff in there you need. Thing is, I feel like if I pay more than 500 euros for a console. Um, I might get nixed. It's just something I feel like, just a personal preference, I would say. Um, and I have been always an early adopter of consoles as well, so I bought a PS4 on launch. Yeah, plus it also feels like, just because I have a gaming PC as well, and looking at the specs, it still feels weird that my about five, five years old computer still outperforms the new consoles that are coming. Yeah, that's going to be a thing always. I mean, do, do not expect yeah. a console to overpower any PC. No, you I don't expect it to overpower. I... You, you can build a PC which is going to run much better everything or yeah. barely the same price. Yeah. But do... Yet again, it's like, that's what it comes down to the same thing always. What, what do you want? What do you prefer? Do you want the... That's what consoles play. You know, they play that and they're gonna say okay you want to just play games you want to just switch the console on play games switch it off that's it and nothing else to do you got not to know like you just have to update it you just update it and that's it you don't have uh, yeah. some program giving you an update and it's not letting you your you know firewall it's not allowing you to play this game and then you have an issue with this one the graphics is not working because the, your pc your specs is giving you yeah. You know, just, this issue or this other issue or this other so yeah i don't know just because i think like those issues are way in the past they're not so much a problem anymore unless you're playing legacy games like hmm. really old like those games then yeah. you might run into these issues but with new games i've like don't have these usually if the game doesn't work is the is the fault of the developer actually making them you know hmm. I, I get you completely but um you know even though yeah. you have a pc you're always wrong into some kind of yeah, yeah. you always wrong into some 
silly thing that you didn't know. You know, I was literally like, for example, my own experience. I, I you know, I got the brand new PC and yeah. I kept having hiccups on the PC continuously. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know where okay. it was coming from. I, that drive me, that drove me nuts for like two weeks. Yeah, I guess it also uh, because I'm I've had a computer since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's why. Just because for me, like that's a non-issue. Like me troubleshooting computers like five minutes. Whereas I can imagine, like if you're not used to working with computers all that yeah. much, or haven't gamed on a computer like all that much, you can like it can be an issue. Yeah, I mean, I had the you know the guys helping me, the guys who you know taking a look, professionals taking a look. They didn't know it's coming from, and we figured it out after two weeks, man. And it was literally the cloud save. Yeah, pulling information and it couldn't pull more information because it was full and it was doing the hiccups continuously, man. Because oh, okay. it was trying to pull information every 15, 20 minutes. I was like, man, that was the most silly. You know, that that's that's the you know that's the hand consoles are going to play. They're going yeah. to say, okay, you want to play games? There you go. Yeah, you can play. Yeah, it's plug and play, and that's yeah. that's, that's what they're for. And I totally like Not acknowledge that. You know, no Nvidia optimizing, no nothing optimizing. Yeah. You know, you just got you know, just throw it, play, switch it on switch it off, forget about it, tomorrow come back again, and it will yeah. be there. So, just a little blast from the past with uh, graphics cards and computers. I grew up with computers as well. I got my first one when I was 8 years old, and I've never stopped PC playing since. And at one stage, when they first released the first graphic accelerator cards, Voodoo was oh, the yeah Voodoo yeah. 3D was the name of the game, so I would play a game that was inco- in- incompatible with the Voodoo for some reason. So I had my case open next to me, and just pulled the plug on the Voodoo card <laughs> to play that yeah. game. <laughs> yeah, that, that so, was the time where the yeah, was, that there was like six different like graphics APIs. Yeah, so six different companies trying to sell you essentially the same thing, but they were not intercompatible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like now when you have like NVIDIA radio on and doesn't really matter what you have, then it really matter because then you can play certain games. Yeah, exactly. So that was tinkering on the finest level. So even yeah. today, computers are really user-friendly. Yeah. So looking at the specs back at it, um, the backwards compatibility, which I was surprised that Xbox actually will run Xbox games, 360 games, and games from the Xbox One, yeah. whereas PS4, uh, PS5 has essentially just PS4 games and PSVR. Yeah, because you have to monetize that sweet PS3 money again. I'm not going to buy like another version of Persona just because I want to play it again. <laughs> <laughs> I want to <laughs> download it from my account. I want to play PS- Persona 4 on anything. <laughs> yeah, but that's like what they're going for. I'm pretty sure about that. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, so like Sony's money grabbing like that, but yeah. it's just it's just like makes you sad looking then on the Xbox side where it's just like yeah. just put any disc into it from our legacy consoles and it uh, tweeted last week the console is still going on on launch. Huh? So, nice. so far is a team is great doing great work and adapting so mm. far no changes very good yeah i think i think they just microsoft this time around I, 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 honestly i'm a big fan of phil spencer in my opinion he seems like a genuine guy that actually likes to game he's handling you know one of the biggest you know the 
one of the biggest console corporations in in the world and it's actually you know um, you know moving forward with you know the console and, and making uh, improvements where we kind of missed uh, uh, man if like if they keep doing this then, you know the work and they going to release and everything that means you know that tells me a lot about you know the planning of this guy he's intelligent he knows what he's doing exactly yeah. also everything is better than what they had before because Don Matrick is like corporate suit reborn I mean he's not the one making them but obviously he's yeah yeah no head, no you know? I, he's I know the one moving all the no, pieces the, to make the, it work Don, yeah. Don Matrick was the guy who was in charge of the Xbox division before Phil Spencer mm -hmm. and Don Matrick was also the shot caller on that entire TV thing they had yeah. going for, for the Xbox yeah. one at the start so I think everything or everyone is better than Don Matrick because Don Matrick fundamentally doesn't understand consoles yeah. and yeah. Phil Spencer is a really good replacement for that guy that's yeah. what I'm saying yeah. He, he, I think it's changed the, the yeah. company completely and it's shifted the, the whole thing around. I'm going to read you guys the, the specs one uh, really quick so we can have a comparison between both. Uh, so far, what I see uh, CPU, we got a Zen, uh, 8 times Zen 2 cores. Uh, it's running at 3.5 gigahertz. Uh, that's the PS5. And uh, uh, Xbox is running uh, 8 cores as well. And it's running at 3.8, which is a, a custom Zen CPU. So basically, it's a CPU made for them only. It's a yeah. custom CPU. It's already running. It's faster, not much, because to be honest, it's not that much, and it's not going to be. It's barely going to be noticeable. But uh, CPU is already going to be running faster. We have to discover because, to be honest, Sony's um, CPU it's a normal CPU, and Xbox CPU is basically a test. It's basically a CPU made just for them. Yeah. For the console. yeah. It feels like the Sony went with like a general PC CPU, yeah. whereas uh, Microsoft decided to make a proprietary one. We'll yeah. see if it affects in uh, the development in any way. Yeah. Exactly. Because if anyone remembers the cell CPU from PS3, which was a major issue just because yeah. of its unique structure. Yeah. yeah. We have to see that. And yeah. <clears throat> another yeah, question we, we need to ask ourselves is what of the actual cores and how many gigahertz of the Which cores of, can actually be utilized? Mm -hmm. Because yeah. that's um, always a question. What does the OS use? Um, the background noise, everything. Yeah. You, what's already reserved for the system, basically, and what can the developers utilize in the end? That's yeah. also a factor we need to consider, and that's not much known at the moment. Xbox etches out slightly. Um, GPU-wise, yeah. uh, the PS5 is running 10.28 teraflops uh, in comparison to the 12 teraflops from Xbox, which mm. we all know already. They've been mm. claiming they're running 12 teraflops for ages. They've got 36 CEUs at 2.23 gigahertz. Yeah. This is going to be variable frequency. Uh, the uh, Xbox is running 52 at 1.8 so, so it's running uh, almost uh, double the CUs as the PlayStation but the Giga is, is lower and also as you know like as like the CPU they're running a custom made GPU which is actually reading this actually starting to scare me 
because <laughs> it's all it's all custom made. The GPU from uh, PlayStation is also custom made, but it's a kind of like more traditional custom uh, made by them. It's actually uh, I think it's made by Sony. Yeah, Remember, yeah. Microsoft is not a hardware company; it's a software company. Yeah, they usually outsource these things. Like um, they, I'm, I think one of them either is going to be Ryzen and the other one's going to be NVIDIA GeForce. Mm -hmm. They usually outsource these things to be designed by the, one of those companies. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if it's just like a custom made, a, a bit faster, like a higher mid-end uh, GeForce or Ryzen. Yeah. Yeah, and just something that accompanies or accustoms better to the um, console yeah. environment. They have, like I said, OS, background processes, mm. stuff like that. Yeah. Well, the the main difference is that while like uh, the the cores on the PS5 one are faster, there is more of them possibly to spread out the load on the Xbox One. Uh, there's the same amount of cores um, on both no, no. consoles. Eight, oh, eight are they? Because eight. That's, compu that's computing units, I think. So that's how many of them eight. are. Okay. I would assume it's like mm. a processes course yeah. so and both of them uh, by the look of it are running oh it's either two two gpu setup or one gpu setup we'll see yeah, yeah probably one i mean i don't i guess with yeah. the size of the console it's not gonna be more, more than um, one i mean if it's custom made let's uh, see we, we'll uh, get more details as we said you know 7th of may or yeah. from microsoft yeah. or the play, uh, xbox one series x and we said june was it june uh, for playstation is the actual reveal on playstation yeah, June is set yeah. for a release date in June. Okay. Uh, Memory-wise, uh, PlayStation is running at 16 gigabytes GDDR6, 256-bits, while the Xbox is running 16 gigabytes GDDR6 as well, with 320 megabytes buzz. Yeah, it's the same. Yeah, it's pretty much the same. They don't even like have the same uh, same metrics to compare mm -hmm. us and the uh, the bitrate of the memory are two different things. Uh, RAM kind of worries me because PlayStation hasn't said anything about the RAM they're going to be running. That's uh, the memory. Uh, that's RAM. Yeah, that's, you know, I don't uh, know. Uh, they, they haven't said no, no. Because the uh, six, six, 16 gigabytes to the uh, and they have a 13 gigabytes guarantee for game, you know, developers. So they, okay. like Microsoft is already telling you, we are giving this RAM for our developers, you know, yeah. they, they, like, PlayStation hasn't said absolutely nothing. I mean, that's that's what makes me start to think. They're starting to get a, a step ahead of, of the game on PlayStation. Yeah. Um, internal storage, we got a custom uh, six, 825 gigabytes SSD for the PlayStation, while a one terabyte uh, SSD with a one terabyte expansion card on, on Xbox, which matches the internal storage exactly. Wow. All right. That's actually, you know, 825, that's, a, that's an odd number, 825 gigabytes. I think, I think they have, they have a terabyte and um, the OS and background processes take up the missing, the rest of it here. Yeah, the missing hmm. part of, of what is uh, distracted from the 825. Okay, so um, well, that's a bit odd, isn't it, to say... I think I think they just set up front what you have mm -hmm. as a con consumer. I might be wrong on that, obviously, but I I just think they state that. And um, I think Xbox or Microsoft goes more traditional and says we have that amount <laughs> in the box, yeah, but don't really tell you how much you actually can use from it. 
Okay. Because that's always an issue. They always tell you you have a terabyte hard disk space, but it's never a full terabyte. Even if you deinstall everything from your console and factory reset it, you don't have a terabyte to yeah. use. Okay. And expandable storage and everything. I mean, the downside or the, I mean, it could be good, could be bad. It depends on how you say. Basically, Microsoft is partnered uh, with Seagate, uh, so. Yeah. Seagate is going to be uh, officially a you know working for, for Microsoft on terms of you know, storage. Basically, they're going to be selling you SSDs yeah. for the actual Xbox. And they also say here that you have an expansion card, which mm -hmm. matches the internal storage yeah. exactly, and it's Seagate mm -hmm. propriety exactly. And uh, Sony just goes with a USB HDD support, which I'm not really fond of, to be honest, because, um, uh, I mean... In this generation, isn't it? Yes, it's happening this generation. Um, or let's not say, I'm. Uh, let's, let's rephrase that. I, I find it good, it gives you consumer choice, but on the other hand, um, USB is really slow, so um, I'm not sure if they... If they should go a different route, like using FireWire, finally. Yeah, or as it says, like they have the NVMe SSD slot to expand the memory. Yeah. So you put in like that and NVMe SSD in there to expand, but you can still use uh, external USB HDD to yeah. okay. for external support. Then so we got the output resolution. I mean, both of them are going to be outputting 8K as they already announced in the past. I think native is going to be 4K already, which is a step forward already. And if they're going to be running at 4K 120 FPS, oof, that's going to be it's going to be nice. No, that, uh, 4K is going to be running at 60 FPS. Never mind. Never mind. So yeah. the maximum FPS is going to be one up to no, it's going to be up to okay. So they're going to be running. Uh, uh, Microsoft is going to be running 8K, 4K at 60 native, and they're going to be running up to 120 FPS. So uh, if um, uh, PlayStation haven't said anything about what well, they, they said, the re refresh rate is 120 hertz, but they haven't said anything about FPS so far. Yeah, in the end, I think like the FPS for the games and stuff should be the responsibility of the game developer rather than the yeah, obviously the, if they give, they, they give the easy, you know, they give yeah. it to the developers. So they, there you go, yeah. uh, do, do whatever you want with it, uh, like squeeze as much as you can. Yeah, because have either of you played Horizon Zero Dawn? Mm -hmm. Yes, I have. That game looks so good and yeah. runs so well. Yeah, like I don't know how they did it on PS4. Especially on the base model, not the PS4 Pro. Yeah, I'm looking uh, so forward to the yeah, PC like... release of that. <laughs> oh yeah, gonna run that at like 200 <laughs> FPS. Yeah. Oh. To be honest, it is um, you know that all depends yeah. obviously on the developers. But if the consoles are already announcing, you know, we are able to do this, that means because they already tested yeah, something yeah. and they know yeah. they can. They given the specs, I think mm, even wow. PS5 should be run. You Man. Know, Oof, 4K on, on one, one, 120 FPS, man. Woof. That is that sweet. I I, I think I what they what they mean with up to 120 FPS is more like if you go let's say for 118p resolution, because mm -hmm. not everyone has a 4K monitor or yeah, exactly. um, yeah. TV, you get 120 there. Yeah, I think that's I'm still like on. I don't even have like a. 120 hertz monitor. 
Me neither, yeah. yeah. So I think that's what they're saying. I think you can get up to 120 FPS depending on the resolution. A recommendation yeah. I would do, I would give to everyone watching this or listening to this is get ahead of the game. If they're going to be doing 4K, 120 FPS at some point, the prices of the TV or the monitors are going to go up. This is going to be correlative with one the other. So if you can get ahead of the game and get a monitor with up to 120, 144 hertz, you could be ahead of the game get that monitor beforehand and when the consoles launch i mean if you're running pc games usually you will have a 120 at least uh, that's the most common uh, thing uh, because you know people that run games to be honest more than 60 is completely useless because nothing is running more than 60. it's very rare that the console is running more than 60 on any game but uh, if you can get a you know you can get a hand uh, like you know you're hunting a 4k monitor with over 60 fps that will be that would be great because uh, I don't know. I, I think the prices of those monitors are going to go skyrocket with the new console generation. I might, yeah. I might think at the beginning you're right, but I think they might also go down then after that because yeah. everyone wants one. Yeah. And they are going to deliver obviously. So, um, also if you're not an early adopter, just wait it out. You get probably yeah. better deals a year after the consoles launch. You can get even decent TVs, like decently priced. Usually, some of them even cheaper than monitors. Mm -hmm. If you don't, if you don't go like a full-on like yeah. known brand, but get a smaller brand TV. Every time uh, someone asks me, I, I usually go for like if they if someone asks me, I'll say get a monitor rather than a TV. TV is very nice and all of that, but um, you know the response that you get from a monitor, you know. It's going to be smaller. It's going to be, you know, it's more expensive. Uh, we all, yeah, we all know that. But get the one millisecond response. It's a game changer. When you change from TV to a one millisecond monitor, it's a game changer. You don't, you don't realize, but you don't know how much that could change. You know, the input lag, one millisecond, is it's a massive difference from a TV. TV usually has in game mode, I would say about 40 milliseconds input uh, input lag. Obviously, if you're playing competitive, you have to own a monitor. Yeah, oh. I remember when we when I used to play fighting games, it was only on CRTs just because there is no no delay. Yeah, I mean, obviously, if you if, if you're competitive, obviously you 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 know that by now. But um, if you're already good on TV, my friend, you should get a monitor and you'll be happy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, just, I mean CRT. Like CRTs had zero response. There was no millisecond respond. Mm. Like it was instantaneous. So that's why you played fighting games on CRTs. Yeah. But yeah, I, I mean, like for a console, it's hard to, for some people to invest also because exactly. then if you get yeah. just a monitor, you, you have to also invest into a sound system. The whereas prices are, are a lot cheaper than before. I don't know if you check the prices on, on monitors. I've been checking uh, monitors lately and the prices are quite low for a one million. Obviously, you're going to go from a TV. I mean, I'm comparing the price of one monitor to a 30, 40 yeah. inch TV. Obviously, that's a complete. Yeah, that's the thing as well, because then you also have something that's multi-purpose. That's yeah. what I meant as well. Yeah. Mm. A monitor, you know, a decent monitor, 24 inches, 27 inches with one millisecond delay is actually affordable nowadays. Oh yeah, yeah. It's not gonna I'm be not the best that. monitor, but it's actually affordable exactly. in my in my eyes. You can you can get much better quality from a monitor than from yeah. TVs in general, and it's much more yeah. affordable. The problem for many people, or 
I think for many older generation is that they can't watch their TV on it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's why I was yeah. that, I mean, not everyone can afford it. Not everyone has the spaces in it. Yeah. But like, it's for for some like for some groups is going to be more like more reasonable to invest in into a TV than a monitor. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. also like yeah. one yeah. of the things. Yeah. But like if you if you're a gamer just go for a monitor if you kind of if you can if you have the space yeah. and if you don't need to watch TV go for a monitor. Yeah. And uh, lastly, um, backwards compatibility, which is a big thing for yes. most of the you know the console gaming community. Uh, Xbox, Xbox wins that by a Xbox landslide. <laughs> yeah, there's they, no competition say, there. Yeah. We give you access to everything we got so far, and you know what? You got a, a, a an Xbox One controller. You got an Xbox 360 controller. It's going to work with the new console as well. Man, I got all these nice shoot 'em ups for the Xbox 360 still at home, which I can't play. Yeah, which I can't play anymore, and I will play the shit out of yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> um, Aquas compatibility for PlayStation. It says so far PSVR, which I don't know where it is. Is that the VR game? Yeah, it's a VR, VR game. Yeah, yeah, that's for the VR um, games, yeah. The PlayStation 4 games, nothing, no more news apart from that. And ports on the console, the, you know, the, the Xbox has a bunch of ports. They, they, like, they really announced the whole console. They said, there you go, that's all we have. These are the ports, it's all we can run and everything, uh, uh, while we don't know anything yet about PlayStation 5. Uh, yeah. Moving on to, let's talk about the, the controller. Shall we talk about the controller? How this controller looks to you guys? Really quickly, the, yes. The Series X versus the PlayStation 5? I use a Xbox Pro controller on my computer, so you know mm -hmm. where my allegiance lies. <laughs> okay. I am a big fan of the Xbox controller because of the, the shape of it. Yeah. But I gotta tell you, the PlayStation controller looks better this time to me. Yes. Because they made it, the, the shape is kind of changed onto an Xbox controller. It looks more like an Xbox controller, and it's like more rounded, and it looks a bit uh, a bit bigger than what it used to be. So I'm a big fan of the PlayStation controller uh, here. I mean, I don't, I don't have a, I, I just like the um, Xbox One X or the <clears throat> Pro controller because it's compatible with basically everything at this point. Um, the yeah. PS4 controller is still a little bit rough around the edges if you plug it into a PC. Um, like for me, as someone who jumps between controllers a lot, because I play, you know, PS3, PS4, I play, play on computer as well with a controller sometimes. It's um, I um, like definitely the PS5 controller. Mm -hmm. When I used to have 360 back then, I liked the controller, but I had problems because I always had PlayStations. I had issues with the layout mm -hmm. of the D-pad and the left analog stick. So I'll probably always prefer the like the PlayStation, the DualShock layout. But the the I mean the 360 controller already was good, so this looks just like a like a decent upgrade, especially yeah. with the features. And the PS5 one, yeah, I think it's gonna be my favorite just because it always like has fit better into my weirdly shaped hands. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not a yeah, fan. Either. Yeah, in my opinion, looks the PlayStation looks. Uh good this time it looks uh, really good i'm just not a fan of the color but i think you can buy yeah different than a black one as well yeah okay so that concludes the 
console part, so I think Microsoft is ahead of Sony this time. Uh, it, it, on papers. On, on papers. Paper. On paper. Yeah. From, don't, I'm don't, always don't no 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 because we don't we don't like you know uh, kind of like fanboys. It does. It sounds like we find boys on Microsoft, but it's just basically on paper. Microsoft has giving us more information. That's yes, what happens. Exactly. So, yeah. So far, you know, so far the more information you have, usually is you feel more confident, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah. The okay. more information you have, the more confident you are. I agree to yeah. that. Um, and just to to for the audience i am someone who shits on ever who is just in the rear at the moment so <laughs> if it's sony i shit on sony if it's microsoft i shit on microsoft i'm not a fanboy at all i i like uh, I, I play on xbox uh, i used to play on playstation i play on you know where my friends are and i like them both you know the better one gets means that it's going to be better for me because the other one is going to is going to want to get better. I, so that is beneficial for gamers <laughs> because they're going to go down in price and they're going to improve. I'm going to make a prediction here, a bold prediction. Both consoles, regardless of how they launch, will eventually be good and worth owning. Fight yeah, me. <laughs> mm. It's always like that. Just pick yeah. one you like to launch line up better and get the other one if you can later down the line when there is enough to justify the purchase for you mm. exactly and that's what it's about just yeah make Which the smart you buy you should buy the ones your friends play on if your friends yeah. if your friends play on xbox go and get an xbox if you're playing your friends play on playstation go and get an xbox uh playstation and that's it and just yes. you know it's Give the, the best the best one, the best choice. <laughs> oh, yes. give, in to, give in to peer pressure, no matter what you like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we say you get a PlayStation, now you get a PlayStation boy. Much. <laughs> yeah. I'll just be an outsider like me and buy a Switch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Switch has made some good moves, man. Like There's some really good games on Switch. Yeah. Okay, so we are going into possibly since we have talked about the next generation a little bit i think it's time to talk about a game that's most likely release on the next generation it's called assassin's creed valhalla was announced this week and i couldn't be more mad about it so i give the rein to you uh both and just listen to you and then give my assessment of it All right go ahead I'm on. oh yeah okay so my Pretty much history with uh, Assassin's uh, Creed is I've played the first one and I've played like half of Black Flag. The only reason I essentially I caught a window of this just because I'm watching the sixth season of Vikings now and it just felt like right into that niche of I like that history, that part of the history from like Scandinavia, England, and this seems to take part around the Viking uh, Viking invasion into Orkney and the raids into Orkney, so I just like that. I mean, uh, from the looks of it, it's just going to be another Assassin's Creed. I haven't read much of the details. I think there are some bits they want to take in uh, from Odyssey, more fantastical stuff as well. Some character development, there are apparently going to be romances, so we'll see. I mean, worst case scenario, it's going to be just another Ubisoft Tower Simulator. <laughs> <laughs> What I can see, I mean, it's obviously the the, the yeah. typical story between you know the Vikings and 
you know, Norway, Norway and England. Uh, yeah. Coming to invade England and you're probably going to have to face many lords and not Lord Val, but you're going to have to face <laughs> many lords in, in England, you know, and, you know, like maybe capture some places or, or uh, different parts of England. So uh, it's, it's a story we already know about. It's a story that became very famous uh, with what uh, was the series on was it CBO or uh, it's an Amazon Prime. It's called Vikings. Vikings, yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. if this came out uh, instead of the previous game that we got from Assassin's Creed, this could have been really, really popular at that time because, you know, it came out just as when Vikings was on its peak, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it was around like season four, three yeah. or four. That's why yeah. it was like the biggest. Exactly. Uh, that's when Vikings was really, really popular. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. probably, obviously, the development of the games take time, and we all understand uh, that. But uh, Ubisoft keeps going; it keeps going the route of the open world. Uh, they've decided the open world is the way to go now. Yeah. Like every game is now open. World. Yes, every exactly. game in the catalog. Um, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not saying it's good. I'm not saying it's bad. Uh, some people like open world, some people don't like open world. I'm a big fan of open world games, obviously. As you guys know, I'm a big Destiny player, yes. so yeah, <laughs> I'm all it... about open world and, and collecting and, and, and that... looting and, and loot and everything, you know. So I mean, yeah. The thing is, if you give me enough to do in the open world, I will uh -huh. care about the open world. If you just give me points to go to and then essentially just to do the same shit over and over again I will whether you like it or not bam, bam, that's gonna happen whether you like yeah. it or not. i mean open world games uh, i mean unless we get something revolutionary on this game which i seriously doubt i'm not saying yeah. i doubt from ubisoft because it's an excellent company um but uh no. i doubt they're going to come up with something i mean if they come with something revolutionary like by all means please bring no. it what I mean is, they just have to make it fun and exactly. make make me want to do it. So far, there have been very little number of games where I played the open world and essentially just completed it, did everything I wanted to do and felt like I got something out of it. Yeah, it's like, just op open world nowadays. It's like man, it's going point go from point A to point B, uh, defend point B, kill point uh, three C. Yeah. That's about it. Yeah. Because and, I recently playing the crew <laughs> And too. collect a lot of materials. <laughs> That's because it. Because uh, I've recently started playing the crew 2 and that game, it feels like I'm playing Assassin's Creed, but it's a racing game. Mm -hmm. And it's so weird. And I'm not sure yeah. how they how they managed to do that, where I feel like I'm already getting bored. Whereas yeah. if I play like Gran Turismo or anything, any, any other racing game, which is focused it just feels way more fun. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, 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 I'm a big fan of open world games. I mean, I, let's hope they're bringing something new to the table onto open world games and they're going to, um, you know, improve and, and add something onto this type of games. The game uh, is it's based on that, you know, uh, it's basically the game is going to be based in England where you as a Norwegian Viking, uh, which is called Avior, Avor, you are basically going to be conquering England. Uh, that's uh, going to be the main story um, game. Um, so far, there is so, like, basically, it says you are this Viking who is going to go discover, you know, the kingdoms of England and where England is kind of broken 
and you're going to conquer them. Uh, what I can read on the description of the game, in my opinion, is going to be one of those games that is going to be you are Viking. These are the different sections of the kingdoms of England, and yeah. you have to conquer them. Kind of like what's the Shadow of Mordor? Yeah, I was just Resident thinking Shadow that. Yeah, Shadow of Mordor, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Exactly. That's this, that's the vibes uh, of the description of the game is giving me already. It's Shadow of Mordor See, based on Assassin's Creed. If they put it like that, just like make a, make a system that's similar but a bit different to the Nemesis system. So, so I actually care about conquering the territories. Mm -hmm. You know, make the like the Lord of that territory shithead, so I can actually feel like going and kill him. I don't know how it's going to pan out. Bam Bam Bo, they already announced something similar, okay? So, okay. Um, they have... So, you have, uh, like, you're going to grow settlements. So, when you conquer some place, you're probably going to have, like, blacksmith and and barracks and all of that. So, you're going to create your own uh, city, okay? Oh, when so, essentially, they're going a similar route to, like, expanding on the Brotherhood where you were building your own... Exactly. Assassin's uh, Guild, and then was didn't you manage a village in Far Cry Primal? Uh, I believe so. I know yeah. you could do that on World of Warcraft at some point, but they deleted it because it was a flop. Yeah, so I think it was a I think in Primal. So I, th I think they're just pulling like all the systems from the previous yeah. games and trying to build like a ultimate Ubisoft sandbox. Yeah, it depends on how they do it. I mean, it could be you yeah. know uh, World of Warcraft is one of as we all know. In my opinion, in my eyes, is the biggest game ever, um, and the best game ever made, because he survived for 15, 14, 15 years yeah, on a form, payment monthly basis, uh, which is crazy. But it just flopped for them, and uh, they removed it completely. Uh, uh, they also you go, you're gonna be creating uh, like custom raiders, which is your uh, you uh, know your allies. Um, you're going to share in them, so basically, I'm going to be able to go oh. I like this raider, these stats or whatever from this raider from Orcosaurus. And I'm going to grab him and I'm, he's going to come with me, you know, going to conquer some more people. You know what I mean? Okay. So that sounds like the pawn system from Dragon's Dogma, where you mm. create like a custom minion that always goes around with you. And you can share him with other players. Yeah. And that minion, when it goes out with other players, will bring in items he get, like he or she gathered in the game of the other player. So if it's something like that, that might be something interesting. Yeah, because that's not something that's done a lot. Okay, so they what what I hear from that, and I've read that as well. Um, it sounds meaty when it comes to the gameplay mechanics, which sounds good to me. I'm a gameplay guy. Um, what I'm worried about, and this is the only thing I want to know at launch, and if it's okay at launch, I even might dive into Valhalla. So here is where I stand when it comes to Assassin's Creed. I like the first game, just for being the first game. I like Black Flag, just for being Black Flag. And then I actually played Origins and I liked it. All other Assassin's Creed games I wasn't very fond of. So Origins caught me by surprise. I say that. Um, it wasn't anything revolutionary, but it was a quality game. And I commend Ubisoft for that. And then I was looking forward to Odyssey. And then Ubisoft, for whatever reason, thought monetization in a single player game was more important than the progression of the player. 
took a strap on and fucked Odyssey in the ass. Sorry for that description, but it was exactly what happened. And um, the progression system in Assassin's Creed Odyssey was just not good. And it destroyed, personally for me, the entire game. So what I'm, what I want to know is, is this still intact in Valhalla? And if yes, I will avoid it. And if no, I will eventually actually play it. That's what it boils down to me for me. Pay five ninety nine for your premium raider. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> Sadly, I think that's gonna happen. Um, yeah, uh, it's Ubisoft. It's not you. It's just yeah. It's a predatory way of doing it now. The microtransactions. The, I, you know, the new the new look. I mean, especially especially after break breakpoint after the latest Ghost Recon game. Um, it's hard to take Ubisoft seriously. I I've, I like what they do. I like what you know the way of, of the, the, how they work and everything. Uh, sometimes yeah. they got some things you know some games where they're not, I think they don't get it right. It's the mismanagement of some of the older franchises because some of the like when they go and publish indies they do fine. The problem is when they go big and they feel like they have to monetize the shit out of every single big game they release. Yeah. Yes. That's that's where it goes icky afterwards. Yeah, and that's what I don't agree with. I have no issues with their games, actually. I enjoy some of their games quite a lot. Um, I have just issue with their way how they want to monetize the game. Yeah. And if the monetization goes um, so far as to just mm, manipulate basic mechanics in a game so far that you need to pay basically money for it to be fun, then I'm out of it. Yeah, maybe um, then, like, if they're gonna do that, don't charge full price for the game at, at launch. Yeah. Just release, release it as a, like a, I don't know, like, three quarter, three quarters half-priced game and monet and recoup through microtransactions on people that want to spend that money. Yeah. So, Valhalla... <laughs> the game is going to be completely based on on the yeah, on England uh, you as a Viking are going to like unlock uh, weapons and unlock like different things going to have the RPG elements as well mm-hmm. where you're gonna be talking to like different people and different you know lords and stuff like that where you know they're going to send you into raids uh, that have like heavy RPG mechanics again if they get it right they could you know lead to a, an excellent game if, if like it seems to me for everything I see you know uh, unlocking weapons and you know stuff like that and doing you know raiding uh, different places and all of that um, settlements and and custom raiders they've gone and kind of picked from different places they've gone you know i like this from this game let's put it here i like this from this game let's put it here you know what i mean yeah they come to different places and they put it all together and mix like mix it up and let's see how it works because at the end of the yeah. day, you know, if they start doing like you guys are saying, you know, the predatory microtransactions stuff and like happened before on Origins, I mean, we just have to wait and see. The problem yeah. comes when people buy that. People should not spend their money on that kind of things. If people stop spending their money on that type of things, I will, you know, that that would that would change the whole thing because you know they don't they yeah. cannot make money out of that. So yeah, that's the thing because. Yeah, like, um, what I would like is, Orko, did you, in Origins, see 
that they have essentially like a tourist um, guide, a guided tourist like a uh, walks, which explains to you like how it worked in Egypt. Yes. Like in those ages, I would love if they had some something similar to that in Valhalla. Yeah. And actually, like, if you want, just take you through like a Viking settlement or how uh like a I don't know like a an account of a historical raid that happened. Yeah. If they go if they go like a similar route that and take it more great. seriously, I think it could work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah I mean, on the I, subject of uh, go ahead. I I always this is was this was always something I liked about the Assassin's Creed games. I mean, I played almost all of them. Um, the most fun part I had in some of them was just reading the text bits about some of the historical sites you visit. Yeah, I actually read that. <laughs> and you know, uh, uh, on the subject of Ubisoft, um, you know, uh, I don't know if you guys have seen the uh, documentary on Netflix about. For Honor, you know, where the game, the basically the guy who created the For Honor and Ubisoft came in and all the issues that happened. You guys haven't seen that uh, Netflix oh, no. documentary or you guys I have to watch it? I haven't, I haven't even known that there's something like that. Yeah, there is a documentary about, uh, you know, the guy who created For Honor. Do you guys remember him? The guy with the uh, lots of rings and he, he was looking up a like goth kind of looking guy. Who's the guy, it's the guy who created the, the whole uh, game and uh, Ubisoft. Gaming and oh, literally uh, moved oh, yeah, inside. I, I know what you mean. The, the yeah. guy that made Rayman, or yeah, it's like honestly, they, they Ubisoft came in and literally moved him away. I mean, the guys have it crazy, but at the end of the day, he created an excellent game. He had a brilliant idea, yeah. and Ubisoft twisted the idea their way, the Ubisoft way. I mean, the they... game was very successful at the start, but it's kind of died down very quickly. I mean, Ubisoft does things like that. Every big corporation does things like that because they don't. I mean, this is this is not harping on old points, but these companies are first and foremost interested in making money, mm -hmm. and if they um... think they can make more money by ousting someone, they will do it. That's yeah. just how By it the works. Way, the documentary on Netflix is called Playing Hard. Play Hard, yeah. Just Playing cool. Hard. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. yeah, that's basically, if you go and watch that documentary on Netflix, it basically tells you the story about, you know, the guy who created the game, where it's, everything starts, and then where it goes from that point. Yeah. Uh, you know, when Ubisoft comes in, and all, all, the, all the way up until the release of the game. And Ubisoft does a dirty move on him. Yeah, so this might be worth a watch. Yeah, also it is worth you. watching. If you like gaming and, you know, you kind of got into the game at the start or something, it is worth, worth watching. I really like it. All right. I like that. Let's, All let's right. watch um, it. So I think moving on from Assassin's Creed Valhalla and Ubisoft, we have actually one last topic to cover, but I would move that to next week, actually, because we're yeah. already going for a bit. Yeah, All right. and I would cut it here because I guess you guys also have still stuff to do. Yeah. So yeah. we have actually recorded quite a lot today. I'm proud of you all. Thank you for being here, Val. You're welcome to come back anytime. Thank you for having me. That's cool. And I think 
the fir- the fourth episode of the walkcast is over. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for joining. Um, if you didn't like our thoughts, please thumb the videos thoroughly down in the comments and tell us how wrong we are. I love you all. And these are my guests signing out. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. See you all.